And we know that you've come to worship the Lord because you love him, and that's the right purpose. We've just come from our early service at 8.30, and, and it was wonderful. And then we had the Sunday school hour at, from 9.30, and now here's our mid-morning service. Then we'll be coming back again this evening for our evening service. And uh, you have your bulletins with all the news in it. We do have a very sad sad thing to talk about today. Pastor Watkins passed away this Thursday evening, and um, they are bringing his body back for the f funeral here at uh, Stratford Heights. And visitation will be this um, Monday night from 5 to 8 here at the church. And then uh, Tuesday is the funeral at 2 o'clock. Now, we're going to be having a lot of visitors, and we need you to help us with your smiles and your kind thoughts and your deeds. And uh, ladies especially, I need you to go back by the table as you go out today, the welcome table, and sign in to bring me a dish of food for Tuesday. I called all day yesterday and only got about three-fourths of the food to feed 150 people. That's how many we're going to feed. And you know we don't want them to come and leave and be hungry. So they always appreciate your kindness and thoughts during this time. So if you haven't been called, and you will, please stop at the welcome booth. There's a, a sign-in notebook on both sides, and you can sign in what you will bring for us this Tuesday. And that will be so appreciated. And Virgil will get over uh, worrying about me, and uh, you just help me, and you always do because you love to care and show your love. Thank you for being here today. Our abilities first are here, right over here in their section. Yay! Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then we have some special, I know there's several visitors, I see them, but I want to especially introduce you to Helen and Terry Carpenter, right over here. Wave your hand. See that real good-looking couple? They have moved to Carlisle, and now they're close enough to come to Stratford Heights. So let's welcome them to their first service at Stratford Heights. Great people. And there are other visitors here today, and when we get out and shake hands in the aisles, we want you to find people that you don't know and shake hands and give them a God bless you. Will you do that as you uh, get out and welcome people now today? Shake hands with one another. God bless you.
Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Can we pray right now? Would you join me in prayer for the nation of Israel? And, and as we do that today, can we just rejoice? Can we clap our hands and just thank the Lord for his blessings? Amen. The, the opportunity to be in God's house and to worship with other believers and be encouraged and experience his presence. There is nothing like it in the entire world. And we are thankful. Amen. We're thankful to be here. Father, we love you. We praise you for all of your goodness that's poured out to us that we are unworthy of, God. We are striving and living, God, to represent you and to let you have your will and your way in our lives and our hearts and our minds, our thoughts, everything we do. And God, we praise you. And we, we pray right now, God, we pray for the nation of Israel. God, we have united as a church to and committed to pray over them, God, because we know that there is a plan for them and, and we want to bless them, God, as the promise has been given so long ago, God, that those that bless them will be blessed and and God, those that curse them will be cursed and we stand with them. We daily remind ourselves to stand with them in your eternal plan that's already at work, God, through the kingdom of God and in their lives. And God, we pray over this nation today. God, we need you. We need a revival to be poured out upon our nation. God, we need the evil that seems so to permeate our society. God, we pray the power of the Spirit of God to invade every dark place, God, in this country and take control in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray for our missionaries all across the world that even today are in harm's way presenting and telling people about the gospel. We pray that the angel of the Lord would attend unto them, God, that the angel of the uh, angels of the Lord would protect them and go before them and give them favor, Lord. We ask with those that they are ministering to. And God, we praise you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And if the church believes these things, and say amen with me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You can be seated this morning. Thank you, Cameron. Well, good morning. It is so good to see you in God's house on this Sunday morning. I understand Mike and Karina have their little baby. Is he here? Little Mike, is he here today? Hey, buddy. How are you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, what's his full name? Okay. Look at that. See the baby? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce you officially to his home church here for the very first time. This is little Michael Keith Trebnick III. Right here. <laughs> hey, you're, you're all into this. Look at you. You got to preach on you, don't you? There you go. Cute little guy. Oops. Isn't the Lord good? There's nothing more amazing than the gift of life. Today, you know, as a church family, we are... Uh, 
you know, we're hurting in our hearts. Boy, have we ever this weekend. But you know, I was sitting in the morning service. I came into church this morning, and just coming to church was a little overwhelming uh, emotionally. I thought of all, I've been thinking about everything Pastor Watkins has ever told me. He mentored me for 27 years. and uh, I uh, loved him as a father, as a spiritual father. And so, you know, it's been, you know, it's bittersweet. Because I also know his grandest desire in all the world was heaven. Amen. You know, I've said it at the early service and I've said it a few times in our services. Sometimes we spend a whole lot of time praying people out of the very place we all want to go. He's received his reward. And he is shouting happy. But I came in and I was, I was a little down, a little discouraged. I sat through the first part of the service and I just kind of had my head down. And they started singing about the forgiveness and the mercy and the grace of God and the power of the Lord. Missy was just singing the house down. And all of a sudden, I, I don't know if it was the Lord or if it was WD himself, but somebody put a good slap on the back of my head and said, what are you doing? You know W.D. Watkins. He took off flying the moment he hit gold. I felt something down inside me say, he, I felt like he was saying, Ray, get up and get to business having church. You ain't here to mully grub and be down and out. I'm re I've received my reward, and I'm walking on streets of gold. I have seen Jesus for myself. Man, that guy is shouting his shoe heels off. And I know that. It changed me. I came back up. I, the first part of the service, I came up a little sad. We got through the singing. I came up and changed the tune. And the 830 service came alive as we talked about the fact that Jesus Christ is good for his promise. He said, I will go away, and if I go, I will prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. And can I test you this morning? Jack Watkins is more alive in this moment than he has ever been in all of his life. He is not sick. He is not in pain. He is not hurting, and he has no need of faith. He's laid all that down, and now he is experiencing what you and I want to experience for ourselves. Amen. Amen. So we celebrate. And the Celebration of Life service will be Tuesday at 2 o'clock. I, I would call upon our Stratford Heights Church family. Let's be here to honor this wonderful man. I was walking in Kroger's with my friends, who I'm going to introduce here in a moment. And I'm just walking up and down the chips aisle. And, you know, I'm looking at the potato chips and my phone. I look down at my phone. It's got a phone call from Tennessee. And I'm like, well, who's calling me from Tennessee? So I, pick, I said, Hello? The other end of the line said, Pastor Ray Phillips, this is Mark Williams, general overseer. And I was like, what? <laughs> now, if you don't know who that is, he's the general overseer of the entire Church of God, our denomination of 8 million members. And this guy's like, Pastor Ray Phillips. I'm like, I didn't even know he knew my name. <laughs> he begins to share with me his honor of Pastor Watkins, his love for Pastor Watkins and um, how he was going to uh, divert his own schedule. He's coming into Middletown to be here for the visitation and to minister to the family. And I just thought, what an honor that is on the earth. You know, it's, 
not necessarily a big deal in heaven, but it's an honor on earth that our headquarters, our general headquarters for the Church of God would honor Pastor W.D. Watkins. There's going to be a lot of people here, but the most important people to him, I promise you, the most important people to him is sitting right here in this house. He loved you. He loved this church. He loved all of us. The last words he said to me on the phone last week was, I love you, Ray. And then Ginger was getting ready to hang up the phone, and she said, oh, oh wait a minute. Wait a minute, Ray. Daddy wants to say something else. And so she put the phone down to his ear, and he said, bye. <laughs> that was it. And so that's tough. That's tough. He'd call me and pray over the phone. He'd call me and say, I'm just calling to check on you. How's that building? How are the people? And he'd start calling out names and asking me, well, how's this person? How's that person? He told me, one of the last times he was here, he said, I pray for this church every single morning. And I pray for you. And I knew that he did. We will miss him. We will miss him terribly. But we know where he is this morning. Amen? Amen. Our media. Amen. Okay, let's, let's celebrate for a moment. That's awesome. I had been in touch, constant touch with, with Myrtle. And, and she was keeping me like almost hour by hour informed of what was happening. And uh, just so happened, I came in to Brian and Amelia home. We're so glad they're back. They've been gone for a couple of weeks on vacation. While they were away, they asked me to, to fill in and speak for them at Esperanza. So I was at Esperanza Thursday night, and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd been close to my phone, and I, I realized after service there had been several. Jim Long had asked me to look at my phone, and there had been several calls from Myrtle right after service. Apparently, he passed away during our Esperanza service while I was preaching. And uh, I thought how appropriate you know, for him that, that that was going on. We want to we wanna honor him today. And one of the ways we're, we've done that, the media department has put together a beautiful little tribute that we want to take just a few moments for you to, for you to see. We are delighted today to have Brother Sister Watkins with us, Pastor Emeritus. Brother Watkins, he is coming to minister the word at this time. Would you just one more time welcome them and help us say thank you to this wonderful family. It's good to see you in God's house this morning. You can be seated. Thank you so much for allowing us to be here and be a part of this church. <clears throat> We've been wandering around for about three years now. We hadn't found anything like this yet. I guess uh, I told Myrtle, I said, I don't know what the Lord trying to do with me at this juncture in my life. Uh, and it suddenly dawned on me the other day. He said, I want you to see if you can make it on your own while the other folks are trying to have church. And so that's what I've been doing, making it on my own, keeping my own prayer life up, 
You don't know how fortunate you are to have a church like this. You really don't. If it wasn't for moving, I'd move back in a New York second and be here till I died because you won't find a church like this anywhere else. I thought of Brother Ray this morning as he was going through this service. Myrtle said it. Helen said it before. She said, well, you organized a baby dedication. You had a baptismal service. You recognized all the people, passed out uh, citations and so forth. In one service, couldn't you think of one other thing else to do? But that's just the way a busy church is. You have to do all those things. And so I realized that I'm a fly on the wall now. I just am here. I did what I could while I was here, but I'm no longer here. And it seems that uh, three years, the next time I move, it's going to be up. It's not going to be, it's going to be the glory. It won't be anywhere else on this earth. Myrtle said, we ought to move so-and-so. I said, I'm moving nowhere. Noah, you mentioned move to me, I almost have another heart attack. So, a rapture is going to take place. I'll fly away. Hallelujah. I never did sing that when I die. I used to sing, I, I refused to do that. I said, through the sky, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. But I may be dead then. I don't know. But if I am, when I die, hallelujah, by and by. I used to didn't think I'd die till Jesus came back. And I probably won't. But through the sky, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. I wish I had time to preach to you this after that. Because there will be a judgment day to start that day, a judgment of reward such as you've never seen before in your whole life. Oh, glory to God, all of those who are going through the sky are going to go to a wonderful judgment of rewards for seven years. You'll be placed over your cities or whatever you're going to do in the, after, in the millennium. And when that seven years is over, we're going to go through a millennium where the Lord is going to save everybody on earth. The ones that don't get saved after a hundred years, they'll die. Sound like I died or something. <laughs> I know there's so many other things I would like to say to you. I have so many members of this church. I guess it's necessary to be that way because every dream I have, I dream about somebody in this church. Every dream I dream about has something to do with this church. As much as I loved you and as much as I still love you, I guess that's the way it's going to be. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Yes. Do you mean they have arrived? 
They come from across the pond. Uh, from Australia. And they're here. And they a delight this last week. We've, we've been together a week uh, already. We've got a few weeks left to go. And uh, we're going to enjoy every moment of it. I would like them to, if they would, to step up. This is Frederick and Jacqueline. And little, the beautiful little one in the middle is Kayla Kessner. And they are from Brisbane, Australia. And we want to welcome them to our church today. I first met them 15 years ago when our, our church went on a mission trip to Australia. And uh, we were there, and, and they were our hosts then. And we developed a wonderful relationship over two weeks that we were there. And uh, we have just stayed friends over the, the 15 years. And this is the finally when they were able to come and be with us. And uh, we're just having a wonderful time. You're going to see them around. They're going to be here for a few more weeks. Uh, actually, uh, from what I understand, as of this morning, it looks like Sister Jacqueline and Brother Frederick will be speaking at different places. Jacqueline has been asked to speak at Esperanza. And she is from Chile. So she will be speaking there, and then Frederic is going to speak for us here in our sanctuary on Sunday morning, January 31st. So we're looking forward to that. They are the pastors of the New Heart Church of God in Brisbane, Australia. Um, a little side note for the international offices in all of Oceania, which is Australia, the South Pacific, and Oceania, and all those islands, Fiji, all those islands out there. Uh, Jacqueline serves as the Executive International Secretary for the Church of God in Australia. So she is, we're delighted to have her. She works for the Superintendent, the General Overseer. So she's a like, big shot in Australia. And uh, we, we love them very much. They've, they've been teaching me Australian, so I'm going to get much better. Y'all are going to like it. It's going to be great. But I thank them for being with us today. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 says this about the tithe. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates in this version or the windows of heaven and pour you out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. The measure of our giving must be the measure of God's giving. Have you ever asked the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want me to give? That's a little harder, isn't it? We come a lot of times prepared and ready, and we know what we can do or want to do. But I wonder, I asked this morning the Lord, I said, Lord, what would you have me to give in my offerings today? Tithing is our obedience to the Lord. Offering is our honoring of the Lord. And as we give, we know our offerings all go towards world missions this morning. So every dollar that you lay loosely in the offering plate outside of your tithe, it goes to world missions. And it helps uh, right now close to 15 different countries around the world that we help support. But stewardship, as I mentioned last week, it's not about raising money for the church or even for the kingdom. It's about raising people. It's about discipling people. It's about helping us. I received a wonderful phone call this week. Someone was sharing with me, and they were so excited. She, she was determined. She said, wait, wait, wait just a minute. I want to get my husband on the phone. And the husband got on the phone, and they were telling me, they were saying, remember when you were talking about 
that God has placed it down in the heart of his people to give. And I was like, yes, I, sure. And she's like, well, we, we have been determined. We want to be able to give. And we took that from that service. And we've been really praying about that. And we've been faithful with our tithing and our giving. And she said, and I want to tell you, the Lord has come through. Our desire has come through. And she said, out of nowhere. She goes, God has favored and blessed our family. She said, she said, we have received a very large, and I won't tell the amount, but a very large bonus that came out of nowhere, unexpected, that came to them. And they said they felt and they knew that it was right in line with God's promises over them. They said their desire to be able to give to the church has come through, and God is the author and the finisher of that. God always comes through. He says, see, test me in this, and see, see, watch, look, and see if I will not open up a floodgate, the windows of heaven. You know, he didn't say, and see if I, you know, just help you get along, struggle along. He said, see if I don't open the floodgates of heaven. How many of you this morning would say, I have tested it, and I have proven it true. In my life, the Lord is faithful to those who give to him. Amen, amen. I have found that to be true. I shared with you last Sunday about how it was true in my own family. I'm telling you, there's nothing better that you and I can do. The Lord has instructed me. He told me, stop raising money for the church. Don't raise money for the new building. Don't raise money for the church. He said, raise people. Because it's in raising of the people that you will bless. The church will be taken care of. Don't worry about the church. The Lord's instructions. He said, you worry about raising up disciples who are obedient to me and know the value of what I want to do in their life when it comes to giving. God's going to bless you. As we learn and we grow together in stewardship, God's going to bless you. And you better look for the windows because they're going to open. The floodgates are going to open and God's going to bless you. I believe it. We just saw it this week. They literally called and they said, God had put it in our hearts. We wanted to give. We've been praying about it. And God opened up the floodgates and was able to give them a very large bonus. How many would like a bonus? How many would like a promotion? You'd like that. You know, be faithful to God. Somebody says, oh my goodness, he is preaching that prosperity gospel. Here's the prosperity gospel. Jesus loves me, this I know. You just be faithful to him, and he says, his seed will never be out begging for bread. He takes care of us. Amen? God is faithful. Father, we come to you this morning, and Lord, we are ready to give. We want to be givers. Lord, you instructed me that you have placed it down in the heart of your people to be givers, that they want to give. And so, Lord, we were, we're not raising money for our church. We're not raising money for anything. What we're doing, Lord, is raising up disciples. Raising up people who are true and faithful to you, the one who gives all good gifts. We thank you today. We honor you today. And Lord, we will trust you with our tithe, with our first fruit, with our offerings. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
He tried to hide His precious blood It gave me life But in three days He breathed again Rose to stand In my defense So
Can I tell you something this morning? He is alive. He's alive. He's alive. Thank God alive. He has risen. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says he's interceding. He's praying over your family, over your life. He's praying over our church. He is praying over you and I. He is busy making sure God's plan unfolds. And I'm telling you, we can know with a surety. We didn't walk in here this morning to be attached to just religion. We've not come in here this morning attached to some denomination. We have come in here this morning because we are part of the family of God. We are part of the kingdom. Hallelujah. He's alive. He's alive. Wow. And he is faithful and just to cleanse us and to wash us and to forgive us of all of our sins. He's faithful. Amen. 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 One more time. Give the Lord praise. Wow. I get excited about that. Now I'll tell you what. There's nothing like knowing the presence of God. Sensing when he's in the house. Knowing that he's here today. I'm telling you, there's nothing greater than that. And I tell you, the presence of the Lord is here today. Oh, to, to be able to recognize him. You know, there are times I'll be sitting in my office and someone will step in my office and I'll just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's electrons or atoms or, but I will sense that someone's in my office. I will, they, they've stepped in and I will turn around and look. I can tell when someone walks up. You can just sense when someone's around you. I'm so glad this morning that I have developed what the word says. He says, my sheep will know my voice and another they won't follow. I'm glad this morning I can recognize when he's in the room. 
I can recognize that he's here right now. I'm telling you, this house is filled with angels. This house is filled. The Holy Spirit is here. The Father God is here. W.D. Watkins may be looking over the balconies of heaven right now because I believe in the Word of God and I believe in the power of God. And what we're singing about, what we're preaching, it is truth. And it is the truth that sets us free. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Wow, it feels good in here. Doesn't it feel good in here? It sure does. Amen. You can be seated for a few moments. I was, as I mentioned, I was able to preach at Esperanza this last Thursday night and had a wonderful time there. Just wonderful, wonderful. They say amen a lot. And they're real good about that. They help a preacher preach. And we had a great time. And uh, in nombre Jesus. Amen. And we, we, man, we had it. They, uh, they had me up here. They got me so excited. I was speaking more Spanish than I ever have. I was up here. Gloria a Dios. Dios le bendiga. Ah. Amen. But one of the things that blessed me was Salvador. Salvador got up and sang from his heart one of the most beautiful songs and I was just so moved and I thought how appropriate even on a day like today when we're you know we're bittersweet like I said we're we're believing and knowing that brother Watkins is standing in heaven and it hurts our hearts to say goodbye to him but at the same time he's he's enjoying the truth of our faith and we know that and plus like I said I know for a fact that he would be he'd be Ray, and I do it just like him. He told me one time, he said, Ray, I'm praying for you. I want you to find you a pretty little thing. She'll knock the socks off you. And he said, and she'll read the Bible to you morning, noon, and night. And I said, I received that, Pastor. So far, there's no lady on earth that is willing to read the Bible to me morning, noon, and night and knock my socks off. So... <laughs> We love him. He was a great man. But I, I was listening in the service, and Salvador got up to sing, and, and I came up to him after service, and I said, I want you to sing that Sunday morning right before I preach. So he's going to come and bless us with a beautiful praise song. Thank you, Pastor Ray. It's a privilege to be here. From God, they give me the opportunity. It's not easy to be up here, really. I mean, you got to have the boldness. You get shaky. You get shaky. I always say to Esperanza every time, I said, hey, every time that I'm going to sing, when I haven't seen for a long time, for many years or something, I don't know, but feel shaky up here. But when you hear this song, is with authentic music from Mexico. Give me a chance to, because I don't know the song by heart. And every time you hear, my God, means that's mi Dios. That's mi Dios in Spanish. My God. For the glory of the Lord and the precious name of Jesus, we're going to sing to God. And the name of the song is Grateful. That's the name of the song. Sometimes to, to translate in, in from Spanish to English or from English to Spanish is Sometimes it doesn't go or something. But that's the name of the song, Grateful. Anytime you're ready, my, my brother, I'm ready. Thank you. 
Gloria a Dios. Amén. Gloria. Aleluya. Te alabamos y te glorificamos, Señor. Al meditar, Dios mío, de las cosas que me has dado, mi corazón se inflama turbado de emoción. Pues no encuentro palabras con que expresar mi Cristo en agradecimiento de mi alma para ti. Cambiaste tú mi vida, me has dado esperanza Y desde ese momento mi alma recibió Un gozo tan sublime que al paso de los años sido cual la fuente de mi felicidad agradecimiento hay en mi corazón canto de alegría elevo con mi son las cosas que mi Dios me ha dado y en agradecimiento le sirvo a mi Señor las veces que la prueba ha puesto en mi camino en vez de ser derrota han sido bendición pues por ningún instante tú me has dejado solo y así tu santa mano ha sido mi sostén Permite que mi vida se encuentre en tu camino Que dentro de mi alma presente siento bien. Tus múltiples favores y tu misericordia Aún sin merecerla, tenido para mí. Agradecimiento hay en mi corazón, cantos de alegría. Con 
por mi fe Muchas son las cosas que mi Dios me ha dado Y en agradecimiento le sirvo a mi Señor Y en agradecimiento le sirvo a mí Señor Why don't you remain standing for the reading of God's word in Job chapter 42 and verses 5 and 6. Job chapter 42, 5 and 6. Thank you, Brother Salvador. It's a good voice, doesn't he? Say amen. 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 I, want to, I just want to do it. I want to belt out something. You know? <laughs> Job says these words on the back end of the worst trials of his life the worst storms of his life. He had been through it more than any other human being. No one has bragging rights on trials more than Job. He lost everything. But after he'd come through it, he was a little embarrassed. You know, I've said, I used to say to my mother when she was very ill, I'd say, Mommy, you're going to have victory. Now you can have it with stress or without. That's up to you. But you're going to have victory. You belong to God. Sister Linda, you belong to God. You've learned. I'll have my victory. And I'm not going to stress out over it. The Bible says, and Job learned after he'd gone through it, he questioned God. He'd been upset with God. He wondered what he'd done wrong. He had friends that came along and told him all kinds of things. And he struggled. But once he came through, God proved himself to be faithful. Job said, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. He felt repentance in his heart because he had not trusted God all the way through. It's because of what he referred to here, he said, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now I once heard what you could do. I, I once knew what you could do through head knowledge. I knew it through the preachers. I, I knew it through church and Sunday school. I knew it through all those other means, but, but now I have a first-hand experience. Now I know you for myself. Now I repent that I ever was discouraged or doubted you. I want to challenge us today to a deeper place than we have ever been with God. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That name that is above every other name. Jesus, the name high 
high over hell and earth and the sky. Angels and men bow before that name. The devil fears and flies. We thank you, Lord, that through the cross of Jesus, he has spoiled all principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them, Lord, in that cross. We thank you. We honor you. Speak to us. Challenge us by your Holy Spirit this morning. Move us into that deep place of trust with you. And I pray in the mighty name that everyone agreed with and said amen. Jesus, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The message that I had prepared for this morning, I am not preaching. Having gone through the last three to four days of sorrow and, and some, some situations that, that you and I are dealing with as a church, Brother Watkins passing, I, I was led in a new way. I started thinking about his legacy and the message that I had prepared, I just folded up and put away and and over the weekend, I, I prepared a new message for this morning. I felt the leading of the Lord that he wanted us to look at the legacy of this man. The legacy of what he had done and how that reflects on our lives as his children, spiritual children, as he was a father and a pastor of this church for so long. A message that would speak to our hearts, that would comfort our hearts, but it would also challenge our hearts. What did his life say to us? There's so many things. So many things that his life said to us. Immediately, when you think of W.D. Watkins, you think of prayer. He was a prayer warrior. It was nothing to come by the sanctuary and hear him in here wailing and praying before the Lord. It was nothing for him to be praying out in the hall or in his office or every morning at 6.30 as he would pray around these altars. He was a prayer warrior. He was also a man of wisdom and strength. I'm amazed at how he strategized and was method, method what's the word? Methodical, thank you very much. He was methodical in everything that he did. He strategized everything. He'd pray about everything. He was a great man of wisdom and leadership and holiness. He was a holy man. He was a man's man, too. There wasn't a block of ice on the roof that if it was up there, he wasn't up there, chipping away with an ice pick. Or if there was a refrigerator, I walked back to the kitchen one day, and he had the entire refrigerator turned over and was on the underside of it fixing the motor. I'm like, how do you know how to do that? said, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he was a man's man. He was an old school ethic. He worked hard. He worked long. He was here first and out last. But there was one message that speaks very loud to us this morning. If I were to put all that together, this is the message I felt the Lord gave me for this morning and led me into a relevant message to our current circumstances. He had a relationship with the Lord. He knew the Lord. So I entitled this message, I Know God. I Know God. The last two times that Pastor was here at the groundbreaking service and then at the 100-year anniversary, he spoke to me privately in my office. He, he told me, he said, me and the Lord, we've made a deal. Hello? He said, me and the Lord have made a deal. He said, when he's done with me, he's going to take me home. And I said, oh, pastor, you're going to stay until the Lord comes. And he said, well, I just might. He said, but if I don't, he's going to take me. We got a deal. That was at the groundbreaking. And then 
several months later, we were at the 100-year anniversary just a few months ago, and he was standing in my office, and he was hugging me, and he told me, he said, I'm proud of you, Ray. I love you, man. I love you. I said, I love you too, Pastor. I hugged, and we were walking out the door, and he stopped, and he turned around and looked at me, and he said, I won't be back. And I said, oh, you'll be back. And he said, no, I won't be back. Tears in his eyes. He knew. He knew. He had this relationship with God. He had this, this sense, this awe about him. He, he, could, he could tell you what God was, think, was saying and, and the message that God was trying to get across. He, he had this wisdom that came straight from the Holy Spirit. He knew God. He knew him. He trusted in him. No matter what he went through, he trusted in God. He set that example to us, those of us who knew him and were under his ministry. He poured into us that truth. He was a godly man when it came to that. There are lots of people in the world that they know about God. I, and, and what I do, I meet a lot of folks who know about God. I, I worked in the back of a semi-truck in Cleveland, Tennessee when I was in college. I worked full-time while I went to school full-time. And I worked in the back of a semi-truck trailer, and there was an atheist in, that, in the car with me named Robert. And Robert was a wonderful friend, and by the time I had finally got done working there, we had some wonderful conversations, good conversations about the Lord. But he was, he was a non-believer, but yet the thing that was interesting about him was that he knew more Scripture than most any other Christian I knew. He could quote you chapter and verse. He knew it all. He'd been burnt, and he was a non-believer, but he knew about God. I've met a lot of people who know about God. They have affection for God. They have a desire towards God. They have a knowledge of God. But you have to ask the question, do they really know God? Because there is a difference. There's a difference in what I consider and what I call secondhand knowledge of God. We're raised up. Our parents raise us up in truth and faith. Uh, our preachers preach to us and Sunday school teaches us. And we have all this knowledge about God. But you watch their lives and sometimes you see how it crumbles when they hit trials or they hit a wall or they can't stand at times when the pressure is on and you got to wonder where is all that knowledge when you're going through the storm. First hand knowledge. I, I think of people like Bill Mann who sat right back over there and Les Daniel who sat right back over here and, and these men along with Brother Watkins who were people who had a solid understanding of God and every, they knew God they they knew him I'm talk, I'm not talking about about him we sing we used to sing a song I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room but yet we do we sing our songs we preach our messages we teach our classes we testify to all that we're doing for the Lord and yet sometimes you got to wonder where is the intimacy of that relationship with the Lord where is that first-hand experience in people's lives. That's what I want to challenge us with on this important Sunday. I want to challenge us to a first-hand encounter, experience with God, not a second-hand knowledge. Don't settle for mama's religion. Don't settle for daddy's faith and his religion. Don't settle for grandma's prayers. Don't settle for what the preacher tells you and feeds you on Sunday. Don't settle for that kind of religion. Don't settle on a denominational doctrinal thought or, or practical commitment. Don't settle for that. Know the Lord for yourself. Know him. Know him intimately. Know him inside and out. He wants to be known.
As I said in, earlier in the service, God, he says, my sheep, my sheep will know my voice in the midst of the chaos around and the many people clattering and chatting with you and talking with you and hitting you with all kinds of comments and, and all kinds of words of advice. And they're, they're coming at you from every angle in all of that chaos around you. Can you decipher, can you discern the voice of God? Can you hear him when he speaks? And I'm not talking about a good thought. I'm not talking about an inspirational idea or thought. I'm talking about the voice of God. That's my challenge as I knew these men and as I have tried and I am pursuing in my own life to hear the voice of God, to be able to discern him and to know him. I know what Paul was talking about. I mean, he had already had the Damascus Road experience. He had already had, you know, this great revelation and he was doing a great work for the Lord. He had already been transformed and changed from Saul to Paul. He had the encounter with God, but yet we find him saying in the word, Amazingly enough, he says, oh, that I may know him. He wanted a deeper intimacy with God. He wanted to know him more intimately than he had. He wanted to have this deep-rooted understanding of God that was not just knowledge. It was not just information. It was relationship. The kind of relationship that wakes you up at 3 o'clock in the morning when you know how to pray and you're getting a hold of God. It's, it's the kind of relationship where God will stop you dead in your tracks and tell you to go one way when you were going another. It's the kind of relationship where God will speak wisdom into you right at the moment you need it when the pressure's on and the trials come and the storm is raging all around you. But you know what to do because the Holy Spirit is leading you into the truth He promised. To be able to discern the voice of God and to hear him when he speaks. To know him in intimacy. To know when he's in the room. I venture to say, you know, if a celebrity of some kind were to walk through the doors of this church this morning, if some major celebrity or some major politician or some sports figure, man, we'd all be up just chattering to try to get over near that person. Many would want their pins out and they'd want to sign you know, autographs and they'd, they'd want just to have pictures and selfies taken with them. It would be a big deal for these worldly celebrities to walk into our lives no matter where they might be. But yet I, from my understanding and from what my word teaches, this holy Bible teaches us that whenever we come together in his house, he's there. I'm telling you right here, if we could see in the spiritual realm, we would stand to attention. We would be humble and broken. We'd be on our faces before him because he is filling this house. His angels fill up every rafter in this house, in this place. They're everywhere. The Holy Spirit is here and Jesus Christ himself. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you all the way to the end of the age. We're still in the church age now. And I'm telling you, Jesus is here. And if we know that, we'll change our life. We won't walk around so casual, so common. We won't live our life so irreverent. I think we ought to live in a sacred reverence for God. We ought to live in an understanding that when he comes into the house, we need to bow we need to be careful. We don't need to be crackling our gum and sitting there looking on our phone and doing everything else under the sun. I'm not talking about anybody. I didn't see anybody doing that. But we need to be careful. We need to be careful when we enter the presence of God. We don't need to come in here saying, well, move me if you can. 
I'll sit here until you bless me. You better say something I like. No, sir. No, sir. We have come into the house of the Lord. We will stand to attention. We will be immediately sacred to the Marabakoho. We will be on fire for the Lord and His work. We will not allow ourselves to become casual with this world. We'll not become casual with this house and with this church. We'll not do that. We'll stand in a full attention to the Lord. We'll give Him our full, full conscious attention. We'll pay attention to what He's saying and what He's speaking, what He's doing in the services. We'll not allow ourselves to become careless with the presence of God. Job said, in the past, I knew only what others had told me, but now I have seen you with my own eyes, so I'm ashamed of all that I've said, and I repent in dust and ashes. Job had learned a lot. He'd gone through a lot. He had heard about the Lord. We know that. I mean, Job was a good man. You know when the enemy walked into the presence of the sons of God who was there and accused God of kind of protecting Job and putting a favor uh, umbrella around him. He said, if you take that off of him, if you take the favor off of him, he'll despise you, he'll reject you, he'll turn from you. But God knew better. And understand this, God don't allow trials to come. If you find yourself in a storm this morning, if you're finding yourself in a tornado of dark, dark destruction this morning if you're finding the winds are raging all around you and the sea is literally messed all around you you're going through what Isaiah said when he said the waters are over flooding and the fire is there he said but in all of it he said I will fear not for I am God's I belong to him he knows me by my name if you find yourself in the middle of a trial this morning or you're struggling or going through it let me tell you Job sets a beautiful example for us he says over in the beginning of that, he says, For I know that my Redeemer lives. And though this body is destroyed, though this body decays and dies, I will see him for myself. I'll go right from this life to that. So bring it on. Bring the trials. Bring the troubles. Whatever i got to go through. Because here's what's awesome about it. God knew that in allowing Job to go through this trial, he was going, there was going to be something beautiful for Job on the other side. He knew that Job was going to get rid of what he called that secondhand knowledge. He was going to get rid of that. And he was going to come into a firsthand experience with God. Where he knew him for himself. He knew him beyond the promises beyond the written word, beyond what others had taught him and told him. He had only heard it up to that point, and he was faithful. It was God himself that looked at the enemy and set it up. He said, have you noticed my servant Job? God was setting him up because God wanted something to come from it that would be so deep, so beautiful, so blessed, when God allows you and I to go through a, a storm, just like the disciples when they had that squall on Lake Galilee, and they're out there fearing for their lives, and they're feeling like they're going to drown, they're throwing everything off, they're, they're not understanding what's happening. 
And then in the midst of that storm, it took the storm for them to get a revelation of Jesus that they had never seen or thought of before. Here comes Jesus walking on top of the water in the midst of that storm. Let me tell you, he's not far from where you are right now. He's not far and distant away from your trial. He's right there in the middle of it. He is, if it's a tornado, he is in the middle of the tornado. If it's a storm raging, he's walking across the waves that are crashing. If it is a fire, he is dancing right there as one son of man standing, the fourth man in the fire. He is there in the midst of it. You don't have to worry that he's left you alone. You don't have to worry that he's not there to help you. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how impossible it seems. If you will have the confidence and the faith that this word teaches and you will stand on it not become careless with it and common with it and you won't just throw it down on the end table and not pick it up but you'll get up and you'll meditate on this word day and night and you'll let it become part of who you are it'll be fatness to your bone and meat to your feet it'll be what you need when the hour that you need it if you'll trust in the lord he'll get you through the hardest time and when you come through he says i will come out purified as fire when I come through the trial of the Lord. God don't waste, God won't waste your trial. He won't waste your storm. God's not going to waste what you're going through. You've got to trust in Him. You've got to lean hard upon Him. Like Isaiah said in Isaiah 50, and I quote it often, he said, what do you do when you've obeyed the Lord and you've followed the Lord's commands and you've served Him like a faithful servant, but yet all you see in front of you is darkness and an impossible situation? He said, ah, I know what I'll do. The Psalm 50, read it for yourself. He says, I will stay upon the Lord. In other words, I will just lean upon the Lord and I will trust in his name his name it's time we move away from reading that he is a strong tower to understanding that he is my strong tower and that he's more than a refuge he's my refuge he is my covert from the storm he is my savior my deliverer my provider my healer he is my lord yes father in the name of jesus He'll deliver you. He'll heal you. He'll bless you. He'll put you, pick you back up. The enemy knocked you down, but you are not perplexed. You are knocked down, but you are not knocked out. You belong to Father God, and he's going to step you right back up. But you have got to believe him. You've got to hold on, and you've got to have trust and faith in him. You've got to move beyond what you've heard about him to discover who he is for yourself. Mm, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than knowing Jesus for yourself. Don't just be part of a church. Don't just adhere and fight and debate over doctrine. Don't do that. If you're going to fight over anything, you fight over him being Lord of glory. You fight over him being Jesus, the Savior, the one and only potentate. You fight over he's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. That he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Fight over the good fight. Paul said, I fought a good fight. His good fight wasn't against people. His good fight was the fight of faith. He held on, finished his course, and he held the faith all the way to the very end. And he fought for the truth. He fought to be Christ. He fought to live and look and act and talk just like him. 
He wanted to be in the express image of his Savior. That was his grandest and most wonderful desire. David said, oh, oh, how long will I have to wait until I appear before you? He says, as the deer pants for the water, so does my soul thirst after you, oh God. That thirst and that hunger, that's what gets you to the place where you and I can have firsthand experience with God. Aren't you tired of just knowing about him? Aren't you tired of just having information? Aren't you tired of just knowing the verses and knowing what to say to people, knowing the answers, but feeling empty on the inside, feeling like you don't know him for yourself? Let me tell you, there's nothing greater than being woke up in the middle of the night. There's nothing more wonderful than knowing that God has spoke to you and you know exactly what to do and where to, where to say what to say and how to get through it. There's nothing more beautiful and wonderful than all of that. The disciples saw Jesus coming across that water and that spoke to them and they saw him in a way they could never have seen him before. And let me tell you, you're going through the trial, you're going through the storm, let me tell you something, you're going to see Jesus like you'd never seen him before if you'll hang on and trust him all the way through it. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't allow anything to... to... Don't allow anything to test your faith that you don't pass it. Don't let anything come at you, no matter what it is. Be careful. Be sober and be alert. That enemy is constantly your adversary, your enemy, your, the devil, the snake, the liar, the deceiver. He's the one that is working hard to dwindle away at your faith and to crumble away at your work and your plan that God has for you. He may have already wounded you. You may be walking around like a wounded soldier, but let me tell you something. He's the healing balm of Gilead, and he's speaking it over you even this morning. The devil can't, can't. His victory over you is temporary. He never ever gets a shot at victory over you that's permanent. The enemy will fight you. You may lose a couple of battles, but if you will stay the course and not allow the enemy to mess with your mind and you will stay the course of faith, I'm telling you on the other side of whatever it is you're going through, and I'm speaking to someone, however hard and impossible the steps in front of you look, I'm telling you, trust in the Lord. And he is going to show you himself like you have never seen him before. Amen. Trust in the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Don't be like Job's friends. Don't be like Job's friends. What's unbelievable about them was that when you go back and read the account of Job's friends, really their advice was not too bad. In other circumstances, it could even be seen as true. It appeared to be truth that they were telling him. Have you, have you sinned? Has someone in your family sinned? What's going on with you, man? It, it, it appeared truthful. But it wasn't what was happening in Job's life. See, what will happen with secondhand knowledge, when you just got a secondhand knowledge of God, You'll be put in a position where you might misrepresent God. You might misapply his truths. You must have a knowledge, an experiential knowledge of God, in order for you to be able to speak as an oracle, to speak the wisdom and the truth.
of God in the right circumstance. And this is important for us, especially as a spirit-filled church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit that empowers you. Rome, uh, Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power, power to witness, power to be a light, power in the truth and the wisdom of God to have this in your life. Joseph, Joseph looked at his circumstances and you know the story. It was, it was unbelievable. It, it looked as if everything was going wrong. Nothing was going right. Joseph is given a dream, and he sees his brothers bowing as seeds of corn, and he sees this field, and they're all bowing, and he was so excited. He was like, hey, brothers, one of these days, I see in the future, I had a dream last night of all of you bowing to me. And their jealousy and rage, they threw him in the pit. You know the story. Went home to tell their father he had been killed. They let him lay there to die, and he was sold, ended up being sold into slavery, and he was, lived his life going from one place to another, ended up in a prison house, ended up in the palace, and by the end of the story, he's working for, you know, the and here he is, in the middle of all of this, here comes his brothers, his brothers, when they find out who he is, they're a nervous wreck, but Joseph quoted one of the most amazing scriptures that we read, it's for us today. It says in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Let me remind you again what I said earlier. God will never allow your trial, your trouble, your storm, what you're going through right now, he will not allow it. He will not allow it to be used in a way that will harm you. He's going to use it for your good. God will not waste it. He will not let it just be something you go through and you have to start over. God will use it for your good. Hear me. There are people in here today that need this. This challenge to be a man, a woman of God. A man and a woman of God who will trust in God and lean upon him and deep, deep search the presence of God, the Holy Spirit of the Lord, until you have a first-hand knowledge of him, an experience with him, an encounter with him. Stand with me, if you will. I would ask you this morning, do you know God? Now listen. Do you know God? I didn't ask you if you believe in Him. I didn't ask you if you know how to behave. I didn't ask you if you know what the church teaches. I didn't ask you any of those questions. I said, do you know God? Do you know Him? When Paul said that I may know Him, he said, in the power of His resurrection, in the fellowship, of suffering. That's a hard thing. He said that I want to know him. I want to know him for myself. Mama had a relationship. Daddy had a relationship. Grandma was a prayer warrior. 
I'm good. Do you know him for yourself? Do you have firsthand experience with God? If he spoke right now, if he whispered across this congregation right now, would you recognize his voice? Or would you immediately go to some teacher, some preacher, somebody you worship, somebody you, you've made your religion? Start quoting this preacher or that preacher. Some doctrine, some statement, some, some belief. Or would you say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears you? Would you know his voice? Do you know him? Do you have experience with him? I've been through some storms in my life. I've been through some troubled times. And I have found that when I didn't know what to do, and I didn't know what step to take, there was something he would speak. Everybody around me giving me different advice. Everybody throwing all kinds of people throwing scriptures at me. One person saying, here, I got a word for you. They're giving me a word. And this one's giving me another word. And that one's giving me advice. And everybody's talking. All that talk. And I can go back to where I was on I-75 South. I can go back to where my car was. And Peggy, I can look. And I remember what the dash looked like when I was sitting there. And the Lord said, but here's what I say. When I heard his voice, and I knew it was him, man, it changed everything. It changed everything. I said, thank you, Lord. Tears rolled down my face, and I said, I know exactly what to do now. And I want to tell you, it came out just like he said it would. Do you know him? Can you hear his voice? Do you know God? Every head bowed, never that closed. It's a deep, deep, intense relationship, an intimate relationship with Him. The word in Scripture is yada, which means to know intimately. Do you know Him? I'm going to ask you this morning you need Jesus in your life and then I want to talk to the entire church everyone who's here today if you need Jesus in your life if you need to accept him into your life if you need Jesus to be your savior you don't have that firsthand relationship you've heard about him you've heard about church you've heard about what the Bible says you've heard about what church teaches but you've wandered around in a wilderness your entire life and you have never really been positive about Jesus but this morning you're challenged the Holy Spirit is touching your heart and you feel you feel that tug and you want to know for yourself okay I don't want to know what everybody tells me everybody's telling me all the time I want to know for myself I want to know God that's you here this morning I want your hand to shoot up and right back down wow Thank you. Hands around the building. Anyone else? I want to know God for myself, Pastor. I want to know. I want that experience in my own life. I don't want to live off somebody else's religion. I don't want to live off anybody else's advice anymore. I want to go straight to the fountain myself. Amen. God bless you, brother. 
Anyone else? We're waiting just a few more seconds. All right, these that have lifted your hand, we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray in just a moment, but I, I want to speak to the church now. Church, I, I want to challenge every one of us. I want you to be that person, that person that when people are looking to get a hold of God, when they need prayer, when they need somebody that can reach the throne, when they need an answered prayer, not just prayer. A lot of people can pray. A lot of people pray prayers. I've been with lots of groups and lots of people in many different situations, and I've heard a lot of prayers. But I mean, when you're looking for somebody you know can get through, somebody who can get a prayer answered, someone who will move heaven and shake the earth if necessary, somebody that can get a hold of God, don't you want to be that person? Don't you want to be that person? Oh, let's move in. Let's become a deep, a deep river of God's wisdom and grace. His presence. Let the power and the problem. I've been so thrilled this morning. The presence of the Holy Spirit has been here. But I wonder how many of you have sat through this service and, and you'd say, I didn't feel a thing. I didn't even recognize anything that was going on except the choir was getting excited and people were, some people were getting a little moved there. I, I didn't feel a thing. Oh, how sorry I am. I felt His presence all the way to my feet. I felt the power of God like electricity in this house. It wasn't an emotion. It wasn't something I conjured up in my head. I felt the power walk in. I felt the Spirit move and people began to be blessed and touched. Tell me you felt that. Tell me you knew he was here. Oh God, help us as the coming of the Lord is nigh. Challenge us, Lord, to move into that deep place. May we get in that place where we've got to get in our closet. We've got to get in our prayer closets. We've got to get on our face. We've got to seek you, Lord. The world is trying to choke it out of us. The world's trying to shut us up and silence us. The world's trying to make us upset and trying to help us to, to get distracted. God, help us today. We want to know you. We want to know you. Lord, I don't want all the saints, all the powerhouse, all the pillars of the church. I don't want all them to disappear and then we're just left with a bunch of babies running around in the wilderness. Lord, I, I'm asking you to call up young men and young ladies to be men and women of God, to be full of the Spirit of God. I'm calling on others who, who maybe perhaps have, have lived their lives in that secondhand knowledge. I'm asking you, God, to call all of us into a deep place with you. Oh, God, challenge every one of us. I believe we can all use this. We all should have a desire for more. Touch us this morning by your Spirit. And move on every man, every woman, boy and girl. I'm going to call you out tonight, this morning. I, I'm asking for everyone. Our, our pastors are here. If you'd like special prayer, I want you to just come on now. You just step out before everyone else does. I want you to come for special prayer. I want you to have a time where we can meet God and then pray over you with all. And believe by faith that God's going to touch you, heal you, provide for you. Would you come? Come on now. Just, just feel comfortable. And as they're coming, I'm praying now, whoever else, the rest of us, all those who will, will you trust God? Will you hold a sacredness to what's happening in this house right now? Will you step out from where you are and meet me in this altar? Everyone, those who need salvation, 
those who need to just move deeper into the presence of God. Will you come? Just step out all over this congregation. Father, I pray for hunger. I pray for thirst. I pray, God, that all of us right here, me included, Lord, I, I want to be the first one. I want to know you in a deeper, deeper, more passionate way. I want to have an intimacy with you I've never had before. I realize, Lord, that might mean a couple trials. That might mean, Lord, a storm. That might mean I'm going to have to go through some things. But God, if it brings a revelation of you, then I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. Lord, we're all hungry and thirsty this morning for you. Wherever you are in the sanctuary, if you're standing back, would you just right where you are, make an altar where you're at, where you're standing, would you just lift your hands and praise God, honor God, ask the Lord for that deeper, deeper relationship with Him. These that have come into this altar, lift your hands to the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm believing that you'll touch every one of us. I believe, God, you're touching now, right now, men and women. You're ministering to their need. You're touching their lives. Let them feel the power of Almighty God as you begin to move in them and through them. Reveal your presence. Reveal your power to them like they have never experienced before. Let the work of Pentecost, the work of the Holy Spirit be accomplished in this house today. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we give you honor and we give you praise. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for watering the gardens of our soul. Thank you, Lord, for that refreshment to our spirits. Touch us, God. Don't let us become cold and callous. Don't let us become commonplace with your spirit and your presence. Let us become so hungry and so thirsty. For those of you who have come forward and you want Jesus in your heart, you're standing in the altar and now you want to receive Christ. We're going to pray a prayer right now. I want you to pray with me. Congregation, if you would, let's all pray this together. Those that are praying in the altar, you just keep on praying. But if you're standing back, would you help us? We're going to take these folks. Many of them lift their hands this morning. Let's take them right to the throne of grace. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I declare you're my Lord. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. This gospel is the truth. You are the Son of God. I believe it in my heart. I confess it with my mouth. In Jesus' name, I'm saved. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Richard's going to come and dismiss us properly. God bless you. We'll see you tonight. Amen. What a wonderful word right from the throne. We do want to remind you again about uh, if you're able to help us out with some food for Tuesday, please sign up in the lobby. Also, after many hurdles, troubles, and trials, the church directory is here. If you sat and had your picture taken for the church directory, you have a complimentary one that's yours. And if you go out here and go into the front uh, office, right out these doors and turn to your right, go into the office, your copy is there. We'll make sure that you get one. Let's pray. Let's ask God to be with us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we honor you and thank you. Thank you for the challenge, Lord, that comes to our hearts and our lives to know you more, our awesome, wonderful God. You're so 
incredible and so amazing. Thank you for challenging us to get closer to you. God, we thank you and praise you, Lord, that you'll never let us go, that you always are there for us. God, we pray that you would take care of us this week, Lord, as we honor the man that you honored us with. God, we want you to just have your way. Touch the families and everybody that will be coming together. Lord, we just pray that your spirit is here. Lord, we pray that you would bless our church and go with us as we leave here today. Lord, that we would not be dismissed, but God, we would go and be the church of the world. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. We'll see you tonight at 6. We'll see you this week. You've been watching the worship service from the Stratford Heights Church of God. On behalf of Pastor Ray, we thank you for spending your time with us. Stratford Heights is always available to hear from you. For more information, visit us online at shcog.com. If you would like to pay your tithes or gifts, you can also do that online as well at shcog.com. This broadcast is made possible from people just like you who come together to worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whenever you're in the southwestern Ohio area, we would love to have you join us for service. Our Sunday service schedule is at 8.30 and 10.40 a.m. and at 6 p.m. Sunday evenings. On Monday, it's Celebrate Recovery. Tuesday, the Oasis Youth Group. Wednesday night, it's the Family Life Night. And Thursday, the Esperanza Hispanic Worship Service. Please join us at the Stratford Heights Church of God in Middletown, Ohio.